As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's another episode of Sports Yak Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it. Hit play. Hear it. Get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana sports writer and sportscasters, Hall of Famer, Chuck Freebie, and the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yak, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will only accept guns made completely out of chrome, it's Sifpa. Not the most tactical or stealthy weaponry. No, yeah. but completely. Not a bit of anything but chrome on them. Yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop Streaming Live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Rare. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's my ravishing and remarkable co-host, Andrew Ormsby. Oh, boy. And each week, we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Hello! What's on your mind, Andrew? Oh, not much. Yeah? Just, uh, I got a Dungeons & Dragons event tonight. It's going to be a fun, fun event. Nice. Yeah. How, how long have you been playing with this group, or is it a first uh, kind of thing? I've been playing with this group for two, three weeks now. Okay. Yeah. And you're enjoying it? Oh, yeah. It's great. You, care, you enjoying your character? I have a pretty decent character. I got a witch, <laughs> I got a witch hunter. And, uh, Ooh. Yeah. His name's Ivar. And his parents were killed by a witch. So now oh, he Oh, wow. Is, he's got motivation, he's man. He's got motivation. you got he's, those motives. Yeah. He tracked, he's tracked down and he's found out this witch is super bad. So now he's got to train up. Nice. So he can take on this Man, witch. Man, D&D is having like a huge like rebirth in culture right now. There's all these D&D podcasts and yeah. shows and and yeah, people are really getting into it. Is yeah. it because of Stranger Things or is Stranger Things just indica- indicative of something that was already happening? I think it's more the fact that you're finding it's more accessible to do it online. Yeah, that's probably true. As opposed to, you know, gathering a bunch of people. That's why, you know, Xbox and all, you know, all the other consoles, they weren't really, you know, massive until like online because before that was just LAN parties, you know. Which I still think to this day, LAN parties are the most fun I've ever had gaming. Yeah. Because, you know, it's more personal that way. Yeah. But from a convenience standpoint, and I think that's what's happening with, like, tabletop games, too. I remember uh, doing Mario Kart on LAN parties and oh, racing, gosh. like, 16 people and stuff. Yeah. And, oh, that's fun stuff. Halo, uh, GoldenEye. I'm mm-hmm. just thinking back to all the amazing times. But, yeah. Good times. Yeah. Good times. We're getting old. <laughs> that is, well, some of us has been old for a few years. Yeah. We're getting older but everybody's getting older. That's how it works. Yeah, that's how now. it works. Uh, all <laughs> right. Now. We are going to have a, uh, a lot of fun today talking Men in Black International. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were, of course, going to do some buried treasure at the end. Uh, we've got a sift quest about Pixar in anticipation of Toy Story 4 coming out that somebody sent our way. So we'll get to that. 
Then we're going to do a best ever challenge for reboot movies. Uh, these are movies that are attempting to reboot a franchise after it's been dormant for a while. Uh, we'll do our best ever challenge in that. Uh, and of course, we will do uh, do some Men in Black International chat. We'll review the movie for you right here. But we like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet, and uh, I can't do it. It's <laughs> it's not it's not right, Aaron. I thought I could do it, ladies and gentlemen. I scoured the internet this week to find out what was going on in the entertainment world. Uh huh. I tried to pick some topics for us to discuss. Did you? I couldn't find anything. Oh man! This was. I was thinking. I mean, the most like exciting news article I could find is movies Leonardo DiCaprio is not in. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, well, E3 is this week, so I could find some amazing things to sure, talk about. Yeah, of course. Sony wasn't there, so there was no PlayStation conference. Uh-huh. Xbox was lackluster. I mean, they had some cool stuff, but it was stuff sure. that they had already announced. I'm not really a Nintendo guy, so none of that stuff really excited me with like Zelda and Smash DLC. But what if it would have excited me? This isn't just about you. There's two of us here, man. Yeah, but you don't game, you said. <laughs> I still love Nintendo. Okay. I can still get excited about a Breath hey, of the there's, Wild there's, sequel. There's some, uh, yeah, there's Breath of the Wild and there's some Smash DLC. Ooh, new like Smash characters? Yeah. See, this this you're right. I don't game, <laughs> but but that has a huge impact on my home because we are a Smash house. My kids play Smash all the time. Yeah. And they're always talking about you know new characters that they can play and that can. Banjo, in fact, I heard something about Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Yeah. That poor bird. That <laughs> poor poor bird. Um. But then yeah, all the uh, uh the devs like Bethesda, Ubisoft, EA. It's just the same stuff we see every single year from them. The new Call yeah. of Duty, the new Tom Clancy game, stuff like that. And yeah. there's a Star Wars game that looks pretty good, but it w- didn't like blow me away or anything like that. Is it time for the new consoles? Is that the problem? Like, well, is it is it just like we need that's what we need new year. technology to get us excited? Yeah. Well, um, Xbox at the end of their conference, and by us, I mean everybody else, because I don't game. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Xbox like they teased uh, Project Scarlet, which is going to be the next console but it's one of those things you know you see apple do it whenever they're talking about an upcoming product it's just talking heads talking about the amazing specs mm-hmm. it's not like showing anything or right. like actual renderings of what the console can do it's just like and at the very end just project scarlet but ak 8k i mean and no loading at all no yeah. loading frames at all yeah i don't know once i don't know man 8k Maybe, I just got a 4K TV. I maybe I could see a difference 8K to 4K, but I'm definitely not seeing anything any difference after that resolution. My eyeballs aren't going to pick up. I've seen 8K before, and it's glorious. But yeah, I just like you. I can't see anything getting better than that. Right. I mean, what do we see right now? Like, what can our eyes actually render? Comprehend. Like? Yeah. Is yeah. 8K like photorealism or is it like 16k yeah i mean who knows i mean yeah, somebody it's... does know but it's not, <laughs> i'm asking you do you guys know <laughs> no i don't no. know for sure i remember hearing that there are some people that can tell the difference uh past 8k but they're very few and far between yeah. so it just depends on you know your eyeballs yeah my eyeballs and their connection horrible. to the brain yeah i got mine yeah i'm colorblind well despite you not finding any uh, do we cares andrew we did manage to round up a couple okay. stories. There's so it's all it's all sequel time, right? Is yeah. And so there's all these sequel stories. I think they just announced. Uh, let's start here, and I don't have them in front of me, uh, but I know Phil does because I, I gave him the stories. But uh, there's a Gladiator story. Uh, some new information about Gladiator oh, yeah, Two. Ridley Scott's Gladiator. It's going to take place, I think, twenty years after the first one. Is that is that correct, Phil? <laughs> Uh, I don't have the story in front of me. Oh, well, like, like somebody should have the story in front of <laughs> so them. So does that mean that Russell Crowe is still walking through the fields of gold? <laughs> it's, yes. They, they, what, what he didn't say, Ridley Scott, was it all takes place in heaven. Yeah. Uh, and we follow uh, Russell Crowe's character is in the Ridley afterlife. Is it Tony who did this? I think it was Ridley, wasn't it? Yeah, it's Ridley yeah, Scott. Okay, yeah. yeah, they're saying yeah. more than two decades after. Yeah, so a little over 20 years after. So I'm guessing what we're looking at is the next generation, right? We're looking at, you know, possibly children who have been impacted by this and how, you know, they're going to fight it. I just wonder where we're going with this whole thing. Well, it wasn't Maximus's kid because Maximus's kid got trampled. Mm-hmm. But um, the, the, uh, 
the Emperor's Caesar's like nephew or whatever. It could be, you know, him growing up and now he's Caesar. You know? Yeah. Something like that. Are you interested in the Gladiator sequel? How much does that interest you? <laughs> I mean, it's such a standalone movie. Right. It's kind of like saying a sequel to Titanic, right? Like it's kind of one of those things. Yeah. Well, not really. I mean, it's not like James Cameron That's made true. a sequel James to Titanic. James Cameron didn't come out and make Titanic. Right, exactly. Too. But Ridley Scott is making Gladiator too. So unless it's kind of weird like unless that. Unless you count the time that he went to the bottom and he actually went there in his little submarine. <laughs> I guess that could qualify as yeah. well. But no, 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 this is a straight-up sequel to Gladiator. I mean, yeah, I don't... I don't get it. Yeah. It's so weird. It's I, so weird. I don't know, man. I don't mind. Um, I think one thing we're seeing this summer that's interesting is if you don't make good sequels, people actually aren't going to see them. Like, it's we're, we're seeing this bared out at the, the box office, even with, you know, we'll talk more Men in Black International here in a second, but... That's not making a ton of money. Like it made less in its first weekend than MIB three did in its second weekend. So it is just like plummeted. Dark Phoenix plummeted. Secret Life of Pets two plummeted. You know, like all these sequels are failing because apparently they're not all that good. So yeah. that's encouraging to me that you can't just make a sequel and everybody's going to go see it. I like the idea that we're actually being picky about the sequels we're choosing to see. Yeah. So and then Toy Story four will come out and everybody will. Forget that. Everybody will go bananas. Well, because I've heard it's good, right? Like, yeah. you know, it's got 100% of Rotten Tomatoes right now. So, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, watch it. <laughs> yes. No. And then talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Uh, another sequel uh, coming out. Phil, what do we got for number two? There it is. Uh, we're going to talk about Ant-Man 3. Um, apparently, Paul Rudd has put the word out that he's not sure if Ant-Man 3 is happening and he wants fans to uh, to activate and uh, push for an Ant-Man 3. Pass. How do you feel about that? I'll pass. On an Ant-Man 3 or on, on, the, on the idea of like uh, motivating the fan base to ask for it? Yes. <laughs> Would you say that he wants fans to assemble? Yes, I think that's right. I'm okay yes. with Ant-Man, you know, being in like the Avenger movies and stuff like that. I just haven't been a fan of the Ant-Man movies. I mean, the science is the most ridiculous. I mean, you can always kind of like you know, suspend disbelief in a lot of Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. But for some reason with the Ant-Man movies, they push it a little too far into the ridiculous. Yeah. To where they try and pass it off as science. In Thor movies, they just say it's magic, you know? Right. And you're like, okay, it's magic, so they do whatever they want. With Ant-Man, they're like, no, 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 this is actual science. We're just compressing atoms. And, you know... And yet it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I still, I still find it pretty fun, though, so... I'm not sure about encouraging fans to start a campaign, uh, what good that's going to do, but yeah. we'll see. What would the campaign look like? Would you just send a bunch of ants to Disney? Yeah. Just like infest the entire Disney headquarters in ants? Mm -hmm. See how that works for you? Yeah. See if that goes well? I think that's good. Ready for number three? <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, Quiet Place 2 will explain how that whole monster situation happened. I uh, like it. They're announcing uh, new details on uh, Quiet Place 2 that it will actually go into how these monsters came to be and, and that kind of thing. Well, actually, you know what? To take that back, I don't like that. Okay, well, tell me about it. Tell I me what just happened in your brain. You well, liked it, and then you didn't like it? Yeah. Things changed? Because, you know, sometimes I'm like, ooh, I get to learn something, and that's exciting. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I think what made Quiet Place so great is the lack of information, you know? Because mm -hmm. when you try to explain stuff, that's whenever... The more you try to explain, the more you leave yourself open to uh, plot holes and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So the mystery of it all... Actually, it just makes it that much more exciting when you try to explain it, though. You kind of take away that mystery. And mystery is fear. Well, it's kind so. of, it's kind of, there's two things going on, right? If you're going to do a sequel, I think one of the things you should do as far as like, you know, the wisdom of making movies is do some world building, right? Because you want to, New group of people. you want to build the world to a bigger place that can uh, that can handle that can hold the idea of multiple movies, yeah. right? Um, the beautiful thing about a quiet place is it is it's very contained. It's just this one family in this world that we don't know how it got that way, and we're just we're rooting for them and we're trying to figure it out, right? But if you're gonna make sequels, if you're gonna make this into a universe, you're gonna have to world build. Now the trick is not to world build to a place where you you know uh, where things get distracting or weird or or that kind of thing. 
but to world build to a place where you can follow different characters and learn something new that you're interested in. So I think, I think Krasinski seems to be smart. Like he did a great job with the first one. So, well, he was super passionate about it and passion always leads to pretty amazing things. Most Mm -hmm. of the time. Do you think a a community would be interesting or do you think that's just like, Oh, we're just going bigger this time. Do you think it'd be a cop out? Hmm. I can see a community working. Um, yeah, I can see that working. Yeah. Uh, what I think would be too far is if you really tried to go global. If you really tried to give a global perspective, ev- like know everything about everything. Yeah. Just just start revealing some pieces, you know, that are important to the context of whatever the story you want to tell. Right. It always comes back to story. What's the the actual character movement, character development story that you want to tell, yeah. and how does that feel? And then reveal the pieces necessary to enhance that story, not just, you know, get people excited. So, yeah, I think he can do it. I trust you, John. I do, too. Don't let me down. You handsome devil, you. (laughs) Well, there you go. That's gonna... That's gonna... Wrap it up. Wrap it up. For... Do... We... Care. Wow. That's that's how that works, just like that. Uh, Listen, I picked the stories, you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just the way it goes. Well, at least you found something. (laughs) It's true. There's always something. You dig hard enough, there's always a little news here or there. Yeah. So, you just gotta get a, you gotta get a bigger shovel, Andrew. Is that what it is? Yeah. I need to get, like, a snow shovel and try and dig with that. No, have you ever seen, have you ever seen people clean up with horses, after horses? That kind of shovel is good for pop culture news sometimes. That's the kind of shovel for... (laughs) Sometimes it feels like that's what we're, you know, delivering to the people. (laughs) Exactly. Guess what movies... (laughs) Leo isn't in. Yeah. I'm like, it's going to be one of those weeks, huh? Uh, That'll wrap it up for Do We Care. So let's get on to the review. Let's talk a little bit about Men in Black International. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. snap. We are a rumor. Recognizable only as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. Time to prove yourself, Agent M. We may have a problem in London. Welcome to MIB. Move it, I'm losing! You will be with Agent H, one of the best ever to wear this suit. Very nice. Men in Black International. So not just domestic, yeah, but international. Because that's that's where all the money is, Andrew, you know, yeah. is now with the international box office. Yeah. So you got to go Men in Black International. Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson star as Agent H and Agent M, who employ high-tech weaponry to battle mischievous aliens on Earth. However, the pair also discover a major threat within their own ranks. And also, maybe fall in love. It's kind of a rom-com in a lot of ways, isn't it? Like, I didn't realize how much of a relationship movie this, this was going to be, but it definitely kind of goes that direction a little bit doesn't it Mm. (laughs) or tries to maybe sure all right let's talk about this did you like it love it dislike it hate it or it was just okay i didn't like it like just a solid didn't like it yeah i did not like this yeah i'm probably on the high side of didn't like it so we're we're both there but this is a bad movie yeah it's a bad movie um these are what a disappointing summer man yeah and to follow a disappointing spring that followed a disappointing end of winter like this is you know what? This I is a rough year. We were spoiled by last year. I last agree. Last year was amazing. For I totally movies. agree. Yeah. So you're talking about relationships and stuff between yeah. these two characters. Yeah. I didn't get it, and it's crazy because Tessa well, Thompson say- and Chris Hemsworth together, whenever they're Thor and Valkyrie, that chemistry is great. Yeah. In this movie, how? How can you have chemistry in one movie and then no chemistry in another movie? I think it speaks to the fact that there are a lot of parts that go into making a movie. You know, there's yeah. the direction, the editing, the, the story, the writing, for sure. All of that combines to create these things. A lot of times, I, I will say this, a lot of times we give the actors too much credit for what works on screen. Um, and a lot of times we give them too much blame for what doesn't work on screen, yeah. right? Um, and I think this is another reminder that the actors are just a piece of that puzzle and not even really the biggest piece. Uh, and that's, that's easy for us to forget because they're right up front, but no, I totally agree. I think that's a great place to start. These are two of the most charismatic, attractive 
human beings on the planet. Yeah. And I could not have cared less about them getting together or even their characters. Like, how do you put a Chris Hemsworth on the screen that I'm like, "Eh, meh. Seriously. (laughs) It's just like, how do you do that? Yeah. Uh, I think that is a a major flaw of the movie. It's like he was trying to be Archer, Mm -hmm. but it just didn't come across as, as genuine, I guess. I guess. I just, it felt very blank to me. The whole thing feels very blank to me. Yeah. Um, and I know we're starting with the negatives here, which isn't normally what we do, but this, you know, there's not a ton of positives here. So maybe we'll finish with them just so we can kind of end with a, a little bit of gleam. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think this whole movie is very empty. There's just, it's very meaningless. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot to grab onto uh, theme wise. You know, like, yeah, what is the overall what message? Is the, message? the growth of our protagonists, like wh- where the character starts and where they end, um, pretty much nothing. There's yeah. nothing there. Villain, pretty much a big bag of nothing. It was you the know? biggest bag of nothing. Right? Yeah. Um, and I, so many contradictions uh, story wise in this movie, the, too. The story is, is really messed up. Like, I just, this and is. And it's one, the same story from the first Men in Black. I mean, how do mm-hmm. you. It worked then. Why can't it work here? It's just how awful of writing, you know? Yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I think it has a lot to do with the script that they were given and just how bland and meaningless it is and just how empty it is. So, yeah, I, I don't know that there's there's really a lot going on there. I mean, they just renamed the characters from the first movie. It's the same script, pretty much. <laughs> now, tell me what you mean mean by that, because I mean I can see a few differences as far as you know when you're talking about because you know you, you mean, look at Tommy Lee Jones' character, right? He's been in Men in Black forever. Yeah. You know, Chris Hemsworth' character isn't like that. He's still second generation, finding his legs. Like they're both kind of, you know, he's like a hot shot, but it's not like he's you know the old stalwart. Yeah. Yeah, but, you know, it's still, you know, a citizen stumbles across the men in black and then is taken under the wing by a member of MIB. And then they go on crazy adventures filled with wacky, zany characters and the movie ends with them fighting a giant alien that looks like an insect. (laughs) Well, if you put it like that... It's the same movie! It's the same movie! You know what I thought it was the same as? What? Dark Phoenix. I had so much Dark Phoenix deja vu in this thing. How so? Um, the idea, you know what? I, I really don't know that I can talk about everything until spoilers because uh, some of the things I'm going to talk about do specifically. But I think I can say there's the, I mean, there's the exact same joke in this movie that's in Dark Phoenix about oh, the X Men. Oh, you know? yeah. And it's yeah. like men in black. It's yeah. like there's that, that whole men thing is almost. Women in black. Yeah. It's yeah. like that whole thing is almost identical. There's some visuals that look. Like almost exactly like visuals in Dark Phoenix, along with a, a a bad guy that that you know comes in and then takes the form of the you know the yeah. people he killed. Like I'm just like this. This was so weird. And amongst all that, of course, it's a sequel that is just you know treading water and trying desperately to be something that it's just not. So yeah. Um, so yeah, I found that really interesting. Can I ask you something about the Men in Black universe? It's fun. It, and there are mo- okay. This is my, my only pro. Okay, there are moments in this movie that remind me of the first movie, and I'm like, oh, you know what? That just took me back to when I was a kid and I saw Men in Black for the first time. And those little moments are the only thing that are keeping me from hating this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no, dead for sure. Serious for because, sure. Because like, oh, I remember you know just you know the first time you they open that door and you see MIB headquarters, you know, right. and stuff like that, or. Or even the weaponry, you know, or mm-hmm. the sunglasses. Or the or creature the, work. The neuralizer, yeah. yeah. The creature work, you know, and even in the first Men in Black, you know, it wasn't the best. That might be a sign of the time, or it might just be a sign of they just want to make a goofy movie. But in here, you, you have the same thing, you know, just goofy creature design. And it mm-hmm. just, it makes you laugh. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that is the highlight of the movie. And if it's enough for you, maybe you'll have a good time. Um, it, it does feel like the Men in Black universe visually. Like, you know, these... These sets, these creatures, the sense, you know, the sense of goofiness and in that is all here um, and occasionally was entertaining or interesting to look at. I will say there are some throwaway callbacks 
to the original movies that are so completely void of any kind of emotion or connection. It's just like, oh, there's a character from yeah. the old movie. Like, this. Why show the noisy cricket if you're not going to use the noisy cricket? Right, yeah, just stuff like, just stuff like that that's a little bit uh, too kind of wink-wink, nudge-nudge for me. Yeah. But, um, but there were some moments I also, you know, did enjoy. And this is the craziest thing for me. Yeah. Men in Black, what is their staple? Wearing the black suit with the white shirt and the black tie. How many scenes in this movie were they not wearing the black suit, the white shirt, and the well, black tie? Well, there were plot reasons when that happened. Oh, don't try and do that. It's, <laughs> it's a staple of the franchise. Right. No matter what, they they could be in you know the craziest tactical scene ever. They're wearing that suit yeah. and those shiny shoes, you know, yeah. and they're going to come out the other end looking good. I mean, I guess speck of dust on them. I guess if you're going to go that way, you just have to live in a world where the men in black are never undercover agents. They're always upfront agents, right? Like that's that's what the decision you would have to make. (laughs) And there are so many times in this movie where they just blatantly tell people who they are right before they neuralize them. I'm like, what's the point? Are you just? (laughs) Is this for your benefit? I mean. Well, here's my question. This is I was going to ask you how you felt about the men in black universe in general. Um. And maybe actually we can talk more specifically about the other three movies in our uh, member post show. Maybe we'll do that and cool. just kind of our feelings on one, two and three. Um, but in general, um, have you bought into the universe like in the first movies? Just the first one. I, I like the first one, but the others let me down. Yeah. They just so, they went on. There was like in the first Men in Black, it was ridiculous, but it was believable. Ridiculous. So here's here's what I want to say. I think the Men in Black is built on a foundation that is the biggest suspension of disbelief ask a movie has ever asked its audience to have. The idea that there are this many aliens all around us, right? That's the thing about Men in Black is it's like aliens are everywhere. They've been coming to this planet for years. We've been hiding them right in front of you. That there are this many aliens. Poorly hiding them. This, This is the thing, right? That there are this many aliens all around us. And oh, but we have a neuralizer. This movie even shows how stupid that idea is and how many times people would see other people being neuralized that the Men in Black didn't know about. Yeah. And you've got in the other movies the idea that the Statue of Liberty is all of a sudden a neuralizer and can just neuralize the whole town just because it goes off. Yeah. Which makes no sense whatsoever. Because, you know, nobody sleeps at night in New York. And I just think, well, why did I fall in love? Because this is also on a uh, recent rewatch of Men in Black 2, which is awful in this regard like it's ridiculous it's just an awful movie it's not a great movie but but what i'm finding fascinating is that the first movie i bought into like it didn't bother me and i'm trying to think of why that is and i think it's just number one i loved the story and the characters so much but number two i think it tried to keep it a little bit more contained a little bit simpler you didn't get the feeling necessarily in the first one that aliens were around every corner yeah um but um, but now you do. And so it's just it's kind of one of those things. I'm just I can't buy in anymore. I just I can't I can't go to this this world with you where you can pull out a neuralizer and that all of a sudden solves everything and nobody knows anything. Yeah. Everything was used sparingly in the first minute right. black movie. Right. You know, um, I think the only wacky zany character we saw in the first one was uh, the pug, mm-hmm. you know. He was like the only crazy one. Even after that, everybody was super well hidden. Like the main, uh, the main guy who uh, was like hiding the galaxy. You know, he had a, a full human robot suit. You know, yeah. that he controlled. And then, granted, uh, you had what's his name, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. He he wasn't hiding his character all too well. He just looked no. like a giant zombie no. walking around. Um, in an Edgar suit. In an Edgar suit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe the, I've been hearing Edgar suit a lot lately. Yeah. And it's probably just for the simple fact that Men in Black is back in Could be. Could theaters. Be. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to talk about here? My My one last thing would just be, I don't think you can get away with this anymore. And I'm glad. I don't think you can get away with throwing a sequel out that is just just surface level, touches the you know the nostalgia brain, and just does surface things, and people are just going to buy it. Uh, I think we're seeing based on the box office receipts that it's not the case, and I'm happy. And I just you just can't get away with just lip service anymore. You've actually got to make a good movie for people to come see it, and that's I, I'm glad. I'm glad. And Men in Black, 
uh, International is not a great movie and people aren't no. necessarily going to go see it. I mean, if Hemsworth and Thompson were looking for an out of the Marvel Universe, you mm-hmm. know, they thought they were going to start their a brand new franchise. Well, that that ship sailed and this is dead in the water. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see any more. No. Of these. Um, so, well, there you go. Uh, anything else? You have one last thing? Don't see it. Don't see it. Don't see yeah, it. I wouldn't recommend it either. Um, man, even if you're a fan of the original movie, like I just, there's just not. Okay, is the first one the only good one? Let's talk about that in the member <laughs> post show. Okay, let's talk about that then. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to give it a recommend either. So there you go, Men in Black International, not great. Shame. I think I landed at a C minus. You'd probably be below that, wouldn't you? No, C minus, D plus. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, so I'm right around there. It ain't great. Uh, Let's move on to the best ever challenge. We're going to do reboot movies. These are movies that are meant to relaunch a franchise. So the definition of reboot movie that we're going with is a movie that is meant to uh, take a dormant franchise and relaunch it into the movie going public's mind. So uh, that kind of limits it, takes some of the sequels out. It's not just straight sequels. Yeah. That kind of thing, but it's actually... Um, and to relaunch a franchise. So we'll go from number five to number one, and maybe give some honorable mentions as well. I'll let you go first. I think we're going to have a lot of the same ones here. I mean, here. there's... I, I, I think would there's, imagine. There's only five, really, it seemed like. Well, I've got several others in that. And by the way, there is a there is a top ten uh, on Sifpop.com that our oh, okay. gurus have put together of uh, their ten favorite reboot movies. Um, I'm going to start with Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Uh, I'm excited uh, that this took the Blade Runner movie and actually made a franchise from it. You know, like, okay, that's the thing. I didn't really think of Blade Runner as a franchise. Well, it's not yet, but I mean, they're working on a, another one. Okay, and I just, you know, it's definitely. I think they rebooted it with that intent, the idea yeah. that hey, maybe this can be a universe for us to explore and make yeah. some money off of. Um, that and man, I really like that movie. I, it, maybe this. I was too critical on the on the. Uh, the wording of the best sure. ever challenge. I was thinking franchise. There had to be a franchise before, and now there's a new mm. franchise after. So maybe that's what I was kind of thinking of. Could be. Could yeah. be. Well, good. That'll give us a little bit different list then. But yeah. um, we saw that together, didn't we, for the first time? Didn't we go to Blade Runner? Yeah. The Alamo in Kansas City and check that out? Yeah. Crazy. Oh, man. The sound on that. This is yeah. one of those movies that being in that theater, I think, had a huge impact. On yeah. how much I love this movie. Um, and, and don't get me wrong. I love a lot about it beyond just the incredible sound design and visuals. But seeing it in you know that pristine quality and hearing it in that pristine quality was, whew, this is a powerful movie. Yeah. So, yeah. The visuals are otherworldly. Yep. Yeah, it's just Denis Villeneuve, man. The guy's good. Number five. <sighs> the Apes Trilogy. Dawn, Planet, Rise. Mm-hmm. So Rise of the Planet of the Apes would be the reboot movie specifically yeah. that you're thinking about yeah. yeah i'm gonna trump you on that one okay got that one a li- little bit higher your number four my number four is mad max fury road me too we both had a number four yeah nice yeah very good the furiosa movie yeah that's really what it is <laughs> charlie's man crazy so crazy good. good i love do you love this movie as much as most people no no but i do love it i i man i love this movie i watched i think it I, other- I think i respect it you know, like I, I look at some of the work done, especially some of the practical work done in this movie. Yeah. And huge respect. Um, and there is a lot I love about the movie. But no, I don't think I have the same level of uh, euphoria that a lot of people have in watching this movie. I will say this is one of the first movies whenever I got my 4K TV. I'm like, OK, I got to get this movie. Mm-hmm. I got this Blade Runner 2049. Mm-hmm. I got that one. And then I got like a couple others that are just visually amazing movies. And this definitely goes up there. And then you add the fact that Shirley's Throne is so good in it. Yeah. You know, it's it's honoring, you know, what came before with, you know, all the uh, I almost said Harrison Ford, but all the Mel Gibson Blade Runners. Ah, man, Harrison Ford, Blade Runner, Mel Gibson, Mad Max. <laughs> I'm going to get this right one day, people. Uh, but, you know, it honors all those movies that came before, but it still kind of made it its own. Yeah. Love it. So good. I think, I mean, Char- is Charlize my favorite actress working right now? She may be. Yeah. I mean, did you see Longshot? Yeah, I hated it, remember? Yeah, but she was great, wasn't she? Sure. Yeah. 
I liked Longshot more than you did. No, everybody liked Longshot more than I did. <laughs> everybody on the planet liked Longshot more than I did. Maybe a bit of an exaggeration, but... No, every single where I go, people are like, oh, did you see Longshot? And I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that great. They're like, really? I loved it. <laughs> I thought the chemistry between Seth Rogen and Charlize was great. I'm like, I didn't get it. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, number three? Uh, Well, phone, how about you turn back on Star Trek? Yeah, me too. You, you gonna trump it? No, we have oh, it. Right we both three? have it three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right on. Uh, Man, I think I say the same thing every time we talk about this Star Trek. This cast, casting. This cast. This is casting genius. It yeah. is. It is. If you if you ask me to make a top five, li- you know, list of movies that just nailed their cast, this is number one. Really, I would probably still put Lord of the Rings above. But Lord is, of the Rings is great, but I don't think it succeeds nearly as much based on the cast as this does. I think the cast is is the primary reason these movies are amazing. There I will are, agree with you on that front. If they're not number one, they're they're in the top three at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, it's so good. But yeah, and the fact that like with Mad Max, you know, um, they honor. Everything that came before it. And if you are going to mess something up, don't mess up Star Trek because people are going to let you know there is an avid fan base out there, which we are both a part of. Yeah. Now, see, I wouldn't. uh, Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I love Star Trek. I love the OG series. We're not Trekkies. Um, I've watched plenty of Next Generation and I think it's great. Yeah. Um, And I like Ratha Khan in a couple of the other movies. Um, but I, I wouldn't consider myself, you know, like a huge Star Trek fan. Full-blown Trekkie. Right. Like, yeah. I'm I'm a huge, you know, Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a huge Pixar fan. I'm a huge Alfred, you know, Hitchcock fan. But yeah. I'm not necessarily a huge Star Trek fan. But, man, I do love these new movies. Yeah. So, uh, way to go, me, JJ. For me, they, cra- they gradually didn't live up to the first one. Because mm-hmm. that first one was just magic. I like Into the Darkness a lot more than most people. I didn't like Beyond, though. Ooh, I really like Beyond. I know. And I like Into the Darkness. I think more than most people. But, okay, so but I, I like think Beyond you and I are more. on that front about Into the Darkness. I like all three of the new Star Trek movies. I, I think they're great. I really do. I was let down by number three. Yeah. But that's just I'm me. sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to I you. I know, because I had Idris Elba. <laughs> I had everything going for it. You're, uh, you're my, number, my number two is your uh, number five, or number four. I can't apes. remember. Yeah, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. <sighs> so we can talk about it here. Um, <laughs> I think the reason I have it this high is not just because it's a great movie, because actually looking back on it, I remember when it came out, it was such a surprise that it was so good. Do you remember that? You know, the trilogy has made it so we kind of think of them all as just great movies and everybody knows they're great. No, because everything before that, the Mark Wahlberg one, the Heston ones, you know, they were corny. They were... were, Right. This is a serious movie. Yeah. And this is what blew me away. The quality of the CGI... And the fact that Andy Serkis is who he is. Yeah. I think if it wasn't him, these movies wouldn't succeed like they do. No, I, I think, yeah, I think that is definitely one of the major factors. Um, I I think there is a lot in this, I shouldn't say a lot, but there's plenty in this movie that isn't great. And I think we forget that because of uh, how the second and the third movie just kind of kept getting better and better. Um, and there, there are some stuff in this first movie that's a little bit... Um, a little bit goofy, a little bit. It hadn't quite exactly found its tone yet, mm-hmm. um, but there's enough good here that I remember coming a- away from it going, "Wow, that's a really good movie." Yeah. And and that I, you know, I was just remembering the other day what a surprise that was, you know, in that moment that they had taken this franchise and actually breathed some really cool life into it. Oh, there's that scene where Caesar for the first time screams no. Yeah, and I'm like, I got goosebumps the first time yeah. I saw that in theaters. No, we call those chimp pimples. Chimples, yeah, Chimples. yeah, just so, just when it's in, you know, in regards to this movie, never say that again. Okay, I it won't. just sounds so <laughs> bad. Chimp pimples, oh. well, chimples sounds worse. Chimples sounds kind of like a Nickelodeon show. Chimples, chimples, I thought it was chimples that. and friends. I just thought that I just thought that were chimp nipples, were chimples. No, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, god, uh, all right, moving on to uh, your number two. 
my number two, oh, uh, Daniel Craig's Bond series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the one that relaunched that? Was it uh, Quantum of Solace? No, Casino Royale. Casino Royale. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casino. Yeah, because everything before that, you know, you had Connery's. I'm not going to list all the Bonds, but before that, you had Brosnan. <laughs> you know, you had Pierce Brosnan. Goldeneye was amazing. It's one of my favorite Bond movies. Um, I've seen every Bond movie. I love the franchise. My mom has in, uh, was inducted me into the Bond, mm-hmm. you know, love because yeah. she grew up with them. Um, Goldeneye was amazing, but everything after that, I really didn't like any of Pierce Brosnan's. When was the last when was the last Brosnan, and when did uh, Casino Royale come out? I think Casino Royale came out like 2003, okay. 2004, okay. and I think Brosnan's came out in 2000. It's the Halle Berry one. Okay. It's not, I mean, we're, we're going to, I think it counts. I absolutely think it counts, but it's not a ton of downtime. It's almost like it's just continuing to be Bond rather than even a reboot. I always count whenever they get a new Bond as a relaunch. Hmm, interesting. Okay. So... That's I can just, see that. Yeah. No, I can see that logic for sure. I like the fact that this Bond can get hurt. Yeah. Every Bond before him. I remember watching it the first time whenever he's chasing that guy through uh, Madagascar, you know, and he, the guy's doing all this parkour stuff, and he's just getting beat up as he's chasing this guy. Like, he just runs through a wall. You know, he's not always wearing that dashy, debonair suit, you know? And, you know, he gets cut up, he gets bloody, and none of the Bonds really before that, maybe Timothy Dalton got, you know, bloodied and stuff It's kind like of that. a response to Bourne. I know I've said this before, but it, 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 it really is, you know, Bond going, okay, you know, we kind of need to update this a little bit. And, you know, they, they update that part of it. They update the womanizing part of it. You know, the idea yeah. that he was always... <laughs> I think they did. I mean, at least over time they did. And it was a little bit different. You know, it didn't feel as much as, you know, like, you know, yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I think, yeah, there's there's a lot of that that I think they they decided to update based on that. And the action's a little bit different. You know, they shoot them a little bit different. It's a little grittier. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole in Casino Royale. Casino Royale is, might be no Skyfall's my favorite Craig Bond movie, but Casino Royale is right there at number two, very close. I mean, you had the Madagascar chase, you had the airplane, you know, or the airport, you know, chase. So many amazing scenes in that movie that just relaunched that franchise. Mm-hmm. And then they, you know, they still had him being suave and debonair, like whenever he's playing poker and stuff like that. He's got that. That uh, cocky smile, you know, like, I know I'm going to win, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And uh, Mads Mikkelsen's a great villain, too, is Le Chiffre. Very nice. Uh, so that's your number two? Yeah. So we have the same number one, right? Probably. It's got to be The Force Awakens. Oh, no. We don't really? This, we don't have the same one. Wow. Uh, well, I'll start then with The Force Awakens. Okay. Um, I don't think there's ever been a bigger uh, ask than J.J. Abrams to relaunch Star Wars to a place where the fans are liking it again. And that he comes out and somehow does it is really impressive. It's number six. It's just the fact that I look at The Last Jedi, a movie you love and that Mm -hmm. I hate. Well, but this is about The Force Awakens, not The Last Jedi. When it, okay, this is where you know we're coming to that differentiation between franchise. You know, mm-hmm. I'm counting the franchise that's being relaunched mm. against the franchise before. And I was thinking reboot movies. So the movie that actually reboots it is the one that we're ranking. Yeah. That I was ranking. So I get it. Pre- totally. Pre- Force Awakens would have probably been up there for me then. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. The inter- uh, don't get me wrong. I the love introduction Force of Ray is. Just brilliant. Though I, I remember just immediately falling in love with that character. And just, I was so invested in her journey and her, still am actually invested in her journey and her story. Yeah. And man, JJ just has a way of doing that. And it's just, I love it. <laughs> he knows how to relaunch uh, franchises. <laughs> Space franchises? Space franchises. I can't, star, can't believe that. Star, I can't believe franchises. it. I cannot believe the same guy rebooted both Star Trek and Star Wars both successfully. successfully. I that blows my if if JJ's plaque in the movie hall of fame only reads rebooted Star Trek and Star Wars, that's enough. That's all you need. You yeah. get in the Hall of Fame just for that. Mm-hmm. Um that's it's an impressive achievement. Yeah. So, what do you got at number one? Dark Knight trilogy. Oh yeah. I just don't like Batman Begins as much as most people Batman do. I have it in my I have it in my honorable mentions, but okay. yeah. I, I do like it. I just don't love it. I think from the uh, 
it's the biggest scale difference between how much everybody hated the Schumacher Batmans mm -hmm. to how much everybody loves the Dark Knight trilogy. People forget because it's been so long. Batman was a laughable character. Mm -hmm. He was not taken seriously at all. He was, you know, just... Uh, I almost said he was he was a joker, you know, because <laughs> he was just so, you know, just Wait. he did the goofiest stuff. He had a bat credit card. He had, you know, the Schumachers, the nipple I think, suits. I was going to say just, he had chimples in one of his Yes, he had suit. chimples. You know, the uh, bapples. <laughs> bapples. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's just Clooney's even apologized for how bad those movies are. Yeah. Um, but then Christopher Nolan. Thank you. Uh, Christopher <laughs> Nolan came along and he... Did you say a prayer to the, the gods of Nolan? <laughs> the gods of Nolan, yeah. Thank you for bestowing an amazing franchise on us. And not only did he give us, you know, an amazing, you know, trilogy, he gave us Oscar-winning amazingness with this trilogy. The Dark Knight is possibly the greatest superhero movie ever made. Um, certainly would be in the discussion. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I don't think you'd have that discussion with at least you know without at least bringing it up. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, that's what I was going. Just from how bad. I, I guess people could say how bad you know the the Star Wars prequels were to Force Awakens. Yeah. But uh, I was just looking overall. Like, I love every single of the dark. Well, love's a strong word for Dark Knight Rises. I like Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. But I love Dark Knight and I love Batman Begins. Um, you know, really, you could count Batman 1989 as a reboot uh, movie as well. Um, oh, from the Adam West mm -hmm. series? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and that's a decent film. Yeah. Right? That's a good so one. Probably should be in the honorable mentions. Um, I have a couple of my honorable mentions that you won't because of the different way we kind of interpreted this. Cool. Uh, so I'll mention those first. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Um, yeah. is Is a reboot movie. They're going to be doing, you know, the franchise. But I, but I understand under your uh, It... Is another one. See, yeah, because it's just a remake. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, but because it is reboot. I mean, they're going to do the franchise, you know, like they're doing another movie. and Yeah, but I mean, like the the made-for-TV movie with uh, Tim Curry, mm -hmm. it's the exact same story yeah. being told here, whereas yeah. all the other movies have been different. Yeah. But I get what you're saying. Yeah, totally. Um, the It's just that difference of definition uh, amazing spider-man and spider-man homecoming both rebooting the spider-man franchise it's true uh so those are worth at least mentioning um oceans 11 is an interesting one that became a franchise i don't know that it was technically a reboot reboot movie when they made it i think it was more of a remake it was a remake from um, what I understand. but it kind of it did have you seen the original oceans i actually haven't oh. i've wanted to um but no i haven't gotten around to doing that <sighs> really you don't need to I mean, I, if you, I know you love the oceans, you know, especially the first one. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're really missing anything. It's not going to live up to that. Okay. I'm going to say the, the Brad Pitt, George Clooney is so much better. Here's one I'm surprised you didn't mention Godzilla. Yeah, it's it's weird because I love the old Godzilla so much. So mm. it's just a continuation. Right. So maybe that's what I was thinking. I, or I just... Just really didn't put that much thought into it because I'm like, oh man, they they took something that it was okay and they made something I loved. Yeah. Because when I look at Star Trek, uh, I'm not talking next generation because I'm just a next generation guy. I'm not really all on board with you know Kirk and I mean uh, yeah Kirk and uh, Spock and all them. That's that wasn't my jam. Interesting. But whenever those movies came out, I'm like, oh, these guys are amazing. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that has something to do with it. Just quality of love compared to the newer quality of love. I think that makes a ton of sense. Well, there you go. There's our best ever reboot movies. Uh, and uh, we'd love to hear yours as well. So feel, feel free to let us know. Send us an email. Hit us up on Twitter. Whatever you want to do. Now, compared to the 98 Godzilla movie... <laughs> With Matthew Broderick. <laughs> See, there you go. That's what it's rebooting. Yeah, it's rebooting that. Well, it is rebooting America's version of Godzilla. Yeah. So. See, there you go. 
So yeah. So now it's your number one. Number one. one. <laughs> That's how it works. Before we head on to the Sift quest, I do want to say thank you to our Sift Pop members. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you so much. Uh, starts at $3 a month, and uh, we've got the coolest group of members that hang out with us every month at the uh, monthly member hangout um, at a certain level. Uh, also, every single Sif Pop member gets their own dedicated podcast feed that has all the bonus episodes in it. So when you hear us talking about uh, you know, the members-only post-show where we're going to talk about the Men in Black movies, that's what that is, and that shows up in your own podcast feed. So that's a ton of fun. Uh, all that is at patreon.com slash siftpop. Patreon.com slash siftpop. Andrew, say a few words to our members. I'm going to look. We have a new one that I want to look up, so uh, that'll give me a second to do that. Don't forget, everybody. We're on YouTube now. <laughs> it's true. There were a, there were a lot of people that were uh, that were really into you pointing out uh, pointing all out the, things. All the oh, look stuff. at that! Look at that! Look at there, that. That's there. crazy. That's crazy. Look yeah. at that! There I that mean, is. I mean, isn't it amazing how you know we have so many Pixar things on the wall back here, uh-huh. and we're about audio to podcast. talk about Pixar uh, audio podcast. I don't Andrew. know what you're talking about. Audio podcast. Uh, audio and visual <laughs> podcast. Yeah, totally. You know, no, just... it is. It is good that you mentioned the YouTube channel though, because that is another place that you can you know go check out kind of what See goes our on here. Pretty so. faces, and you can point out if I uh, have broccoli in my teeth. Uh, thank you so much to Ian, who actually. Is- Phil, do I have broccoli in my teeth? <laughs> you look good. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thank you so much to Ian, who is a brand new Sif Pop member. Uh, we really appreciate you, Ian. Thanks for joining up and uh, having fun with us. So if you want to be a member again, go to patreon.com slash Sif Pop. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. Now, this is where you send in whatever question you have for us. Whatever you would like us to answer, if you've got a debate that you want us to solve, all of that happens here in the Sift Quest. If there was ever a Sift Quest that was catered directly to you, this is this one. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is pretty much right to me. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a Pixar fan. I am too, not quite to the same degree. I'd like to hear your opinion on what separates a Pixar film from a Disney animation film. Zootopia, Moana, Wreck-It Ralph, Big Hero 6 are all really good movies, but I suspect they don't touch Pixar films in your book. I'm curious as to why. What makes Pixar different? What makes Pixar special? If I froze you for 10 years... Rude. (laughs) Yeah, first of all, how dare you? And then thawed you... Well, thank you. Do you think you could tell the difference between Pixar and other animated films the years you were frozen i don't know if that was a pun considering that's one of those disney movies is it disney or is it pixar frozen that's disney. where i'm gonna start right now just showing how much this is for you <laughs> you listed like moana and all those movies right right i thought you were listing pixar movies because i can't tell the difference they're wow. the same they're the same why have two different companies make the same movie yes they're both disney but they're the same so the final part of the question is, I agree, Pixar tends to be a notch above other animation studios, including Disney, but I'm not sure I can put a finger on why. Um, no, I do disagree with you. I don't think they're the same. Uh, I think there is a different level of uh, concentration and such put into the Pixar films from the beginning. Now, here's what's interesting. Disney has combined the animation studios of Pixar and Disney, so they're working <laughs> pretty much in the same kind of way. Yeah. And since that has happened is when we've seen this renaissance of great Disney animated movies. And I don't think that's any um, uh, coincidence that that's the way that it's happened. Uh, in fact, I think Bolt was the first Disney animated film after they kind of combined the Disney and Pixar. And, you know, there's still actually two separate buildings and staffs and that kind of stuff. But, the you know, kind of the overseeing of them um, uh, was the thing that was the same. So since then, it has been a little more difficult just to tell them apart. And here's the thing. I don't know that I would tell you that all every Pixar movie is better than those Disney movies. Like, I don't necessarily feel that way. You're um, saying that you like Cars 3 more than Moana? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I, think, I think of those ones you mentioned, Big Hero 6 feels like a Pixar movie even more than the others. There's something really unique and interesting about it that that for me defines a pixar original you know when they do an original film yeah yeah there's some real there's some real heart there and i think that's what it comes down marvel movie too (laughs) it is yeah 
I think what it comes down to me is the heart. And that's why you'll hear me talk about DreamWorks movies like How to Train Your Dragon feeling like a Pixar movie because of the heart that's in it. Like there's this real beautiful thematic stuff that's going on in there and some some real beautiful tug on the heartstrings kind of stuff. Um, but I think even beyond the heart, it's just such a great grasp on how to tell a good story. From the very beginning, they, they put a lot of effort into crafting their stories uh, in a very specific way. And you can find like Pixar's rules for storytelling online, those kind of things. And once you read through those, you'll go, oh, now it makes a lot of sense. Just the simple things like the idea that there's always like a, a resolution at the end of their, I shouldn't say always, but often there's a resolution at the end of their movies. And then there's one final surprise. Oh no, it's not resolved that they have to then in the last few moments of the movie, you know, uh, accomplish, um, which I find fascinating, you know, just that idea of pulling the rug in that way. And just, they, they understand the mechanics of storytelling uh, in the, in the, in the way that other studios don't. You know how the, uh, like a, uh Powerball and stuff, they have the little uh, tube thing that they drop the ball down and it can either go left or right, you mm-hmm. know? That's how I am with all of these movies. That's how I would decide whether it's Pixar or Disney, because that's how similar they are. I'm like, hey, if it goes left, it's Pixar. If it goes right, it's Disney. That, <laughs> that would be my... That's the only way I could actually determine. I think the only one I'd know solidly is Pixar is Toy Story, because it was the first. They have been um, alternating doing sequels and original films, and the original films are always... Almost, I should say, always my favorites. You know, like Coco recently. Love Coco. I just think it's brilliant. Um, you know, uh, before that was Inside Out. You know, those kind of movies I always think are, are spectacular. Having said that, they're done with sequels for a while. Their next four movies are all originals, is what they've said. So, including Onward, which I think has a trailer out now, although I haven't it seen fun. it. So looks fun. Um, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see where Pixar goes uh, in the next few years. But... Um, but I don't know. I think they've raised the bar in a lot of ways, which makes it good, right? Like, you know, that bar being raised makes it good for every animation company to kind of be able to up what they're doing and kind of get to that level. So, and I think you're seeing that through animated films in general. Yeah. So, which is why when A Secret Life of Pets 2 comes out and tanks, it's like, well, maybe, maybe it wasn't that great. Yeah. You know, doesn't live up to the bar. So there you go. Appreciate it. Appreciate the question. Unless you had more to say about Pixar, Andrew. I know you're like such I said, a huge no, fan. That was, that was, I'm a huge fan. I've seen all the movies. Are you looking forward to Frozen 2? No. <laughs> Did you like Frozen? Not at all. Really? I hate that movie. Oh, it's so good. No, it's not. It's really? It's not a good movie. What makes it not good? It's, it's old enough I can actually just talk about it now. The, that horrible plot point where she's like, Oh, uh, my sister's frozen, you know, and and she can, like, do magic stuff. My parents are going to lock her away in a room for 20 years. I'm never going to see her. Oh, she's out now and she ran away? Okay, well, I better go find her. Hey, here's a stranger. Why don't you tag along with me? Oh, there's a magical snowman? That's cool. We're not going to talk about that. We have some annoying trolls that come out for one song and then disappear. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that one guy I fell in love with, you know, in the first three minutes of the movie after meeting him for five minutes, he's a villain now? Oh, that sucks. That's brilliant. (laughs) That's, like, brilliant. You're just explaining what makes it Frozen awesome. I hate that movie so much. Why do you hate it? This is interesting to me. I hate that movie so much. I thought that the plot was horrible. That stupid song. If I have to hear... That's what it is. It all comes down to the song. No, no. It's not just the song. It does. I can tell. No, it is a a stupid (laughs) song. I thought Olaf was a horrible, annoying character. Wow. I thought that I've had this conversation with you about how much I hate Frozen. You're living in the upside down on this, man. Like, this is so strange. Everything you say is... It's, it's opposite the, of how I feel. Me and the Demogorgons, man, we hate Frozen. <laughs> hate right. Frozen. Down there, it's called Thawed. Uh, all right, so that'll wrap it up for the Sift <laughs> Quest, and we will move on to finish up with our buried treasure. Andrew, what is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Aaron, I don't know if you know this. I'm a DC fan. I, I did know that, in yeah. fact. Um, as you might know, DC has their own streaming service with original shows and stuff out now. They have Titans and Doom mm-hmm. Patrol. They have a Harley Quinn show, and they have Krypton. And they have one episode of The Swamp Thing. They have three oh, episodes. Oh, three episodes. Sorry, I just knew Which it got canceled. Which is my buried treasure. <laughs> oh, really? That's unfortunate. No, not at all. This show is good. Well, I, it's unfortunate that it's good. I mean, if they're canceling it after three episodes. They're not canceling it. 
What? I thought that was the huge news. No. It they totally can- canceled Swamp Thing, like, after three episodes or something, and fans were, like, upset. I can't believe I'm telling you this. If this, is, if this isn't true, I apologize. I thought that was the huge news that I saw on Swamp Thing was, like, is, is fans were upset because they were like, nah, we're not going to do any more of these. So, am I wrong? Oh, I'm so sorry, Andrew. He throws his phone for those who aren't watching. Andrew, I feel awful. I, f- I really like I wish I wish I was wrong. I'm so sorry. I thought that's why you were bringing it up. You were like, oh, I can't believe they're canceling this. And I love it. Oh, he's so sad. He's so, so sad. Andrew, <laughs> tell me why it was awesome for the three episodes. that he- So that I'm, I'm reading that they might actually air all 10 episodes. Um, oh, that's nice. Because like, originally they weren't going to do that. I didn't think. Yeah. Like recently, like three days ago, they said that. So. But yeah, nevertheless, the show is pretty much dead. So. Wow. Well, what? Tell me, tell me why it's awesome. Maybe somebody will hear. <laughs> We've lost Andrew. Andrew. Andrew's done. But Frozen Two is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It looked like he was about to actually throw something at me. That was that got serious there for a second. No, the I world genuinely building was great. Yeah, the characters were amazing. Swamp Thing is such an underappreciated character. The effects were rad. I was so digging that show. <laughs> oh, poor Andrew. Well, um, I I don't know where to go from here other than I've I've got some buried treasure. If if you want me to talk about it, I can. Thank you. I will talk about uh, Fleabag. Cancelled. <laughs> Uh, Fleabag season two is out on Amazon now. Um, six episodes. They're about 20 to 30 minutes each. I love this new thing where shows have these shorter seasons. You can watch a whole, you know, season of Fleabag in about the time it takes to watch uh, a regular movie. Um, so two seasons now about, you know, five or six hours total of content. Very interesting. Phoebe Waller bridge does such creative, interesting stuff. And, uh, I think she's fascinating in this. Uh, I will see it's uh, Amazon Prime streaming there. Definitely adult content. Want to give that warning um, for sure. But just to say, man, it's unique, funny, interesting, and compelling in a thematic and meaningful way like a lot of shows aren't. Um, and there's some stuff about faith and uh, belief in the second season that I just don't see a lot of shows actually really dealing with. She uh, has a relationship with a priest and the idea of that, both the idea of falling in love with a priest and what that means and the idea of his faith and what that looks like felt authentic and real and also somehow still really funny. So if you've been hearing good stuff about Fleabag, I'm just backing that up for you. Um, I finally broke down and watched both seasons and uh, absolutely loved it. So, uh, so that is my buried treasure, but it cannot bring us out of the doldrums. Of Swamp Thing. You have no idea. Have I feel no like idea. you're almost crying, Andrew. I I'm feel, pretty upset. I'm not going to lie. No, it's real. I just want you to know, like, if you're listening to this on audio, none of that was staged. Uh, if you're watching this on video, you you probably know that. Uh, this, is, this is an audio podcast, but this is one of those moments you might want to head over to the YouTube channel and see. Just if you've ever wanted to see heartbreak happen live, uh, you might want to go to the YouTube channel. Dude, I, I like that messed you up. The I can't, show I can't is bl- so good. Yeah, I'm so sorry. We did a podcast. We we did it. We we did it, Andrew. We yay. We did a podcast. I was so looking forward to getting through with. I didn't have any Dewey cares because it was a crap week for news. I wanted to get through Men in Black International because it was a crap movie. Uh-huh. I was excited about talking about Swamp Thing because yeah. I'm like, there's the light at the end of the tunnel for me, man. I get to talk about a great show. Everybody should go check out. Uh huh. Well, they can still go check it out, right? There's hope. Netflix buys everything. <laughs> Maybe they'll save it. Yeah, we um, did. We did a podcast. Sure. <laughs> Yay! Yay! Oh. 
Thanks so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. No, you can't. They've all been canceled. (laughs) Or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out with us. having his dreams destroyed uh, you can check him out at Flick Freaks all over the social medias you can check me at Aaron Dicer and of course Sif Pop is at Sif Pop on the social medias much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing support starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks including a monthly video hangout also your support going to directly be helping Sif Pop expand this year to some fun new areas including video where you can watch us on YouTube stream live most Saturdays at noon central is when we record that will change occasionally uh, but those will all be saved there at the Sif Pop YouTube so go subscribe to Sif Pop on YouTube we would appreciate it um, you can find out more information on our support member support at patreon.com slash Lots of ways to connect with the podcast feel free to comment rate or throw some stars at us on the different podcast players uh, lots of ways uh, to email us feedback at sifpop.com lots of things to email us about and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like it too so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than finding out your favorite show was cancelled I'm not having a good time <laughs> who's having a good time I dare you to say you're having a good time right now. Look me in the eye and tell me you're having a good time. I'm not looking anywhere near your eyes right now. Uh, Spoiler chat for Men in Black International will be up next in your podcast feed. Fingers crossed, I hope. And next week we'll be back with Toy Story 4. Kidding me? Thank you, uh, live audience. Uh, You have been witness to uh, Sif Pop history uh, happening, I believe. Uh, We're going to shut this one down, and then we're going to restart the Sif Spoil so we can talk some Men in Black spoilers. So uh, find that uh, there at our YouTube channel for Sif Pop. Did you break your phone? It's fine. Okay, good. It had a case on it. I was hoping we were okay. I thought you were just leaving. (laughs) I'm out of here. All right. We will catch you in the spoiler episode. Thanks, guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.